Welcome to the Mostly Podcast at Night, episode 136, The Amityville Horror. For God's sake, get out of this podcast! <laughs> Do you like it this time? I put giving the in it. fuck was that? I did like, I appreciated the feeling, yes. The effort was greatly appreciated. The energy, I liked it. It was good. Can you understand the words? I understood the words, I just don't understand them. Well, it was, for God's sake, get out. I mean, how else are you going to put this podcast in there, so... Get out of this yes, podcast, you evil demon spirit. Bastards! We, we don't want you here except for when we conjure you, so go back home for now. We are evil enough on our own, we don't need you as well. Thanks. Yeah, Goodbye. like... We appreciate you coming to the party and everything, but like we're fine without you. And you're overshadowing so... us, and it's really making us mad. So you don't like us more. Yeah, mad. like maybe just make yourself a plate and then go home. <laughs> Hi, Hi, Carnage. Hi, Chaos. How you doing? I'm doing great. Fine and dandy, like sour candy. How are you? I'm just ducky. Just ducky. Yeah. Just ducky. All right. Excellent. Are you ready for this week's movie? I have so much to say about it. Yeah, me too. Um, welcome everyone to another episode of the Mostly Podcast at Night. Mostly. Uh, we are two best friends of 20 years who bicker and banter our way through a different horror movie each week, taking turns picking the movies. Um, and that is because we're like bestest friends who also hate each other. Hashtag Mariana's Trench of Hate. Hashtag Friendship Goals. But um, we also want to mention spoilers are ahead. This is an old enough movie that I don't feel like it's one of those where I'm just like, yeah, okay, I'm saying spoilers ahead, but come on. But um, it's older than us, dude. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, we will spoil the shit out of this movie. So if that bothers you, go watch it first. And there will be expletives ahead. Agreed. 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 And this week we did the chaos pick, the Amityville Horror, which was done in 1979. It got an R rating and it was, I don't know how long it was because I forgot to write that down because I'm not prepared because I suck. Hold <gasps> on. Please hold. It was it was long. I remember that because I was like, God damn it. So I got a story with this. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> it was an hour and 57 minutes long. And I watched it on Chaos's Prime, which always freezes on me. And I hate Prime for that reason, because Prime always freezes on me. And that's weird. I kept saying, come on, you only have 48 minutes left, left. Just get through this. You have to keep having to pause and replay it and rewind it and pause and play it. And rewind. I don't know what it is with my TV and Prime. It does not like Prime. So I was like, come That's on, so weird. we got like an hour left. Keep going. So, um, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. And it got a 6.3 on the IMDb scale. What about the tomato wow. meter? Uh, so glad that you asked. The Amityville Horror got a green splotch on the tomato meter, just 27% from the critics. Critic consensus, dull and disappointing. The best that can be said for the Amityville Horror is that it set a low bar for its many sequels and remakes. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Audience score, 52%. That's that's the fucking funniest tomato that is the funniest ever. critics consensus I think I've ever read. Oh, I that was God. that is pure gold right there. <laughs> well, shall we do some cast? Yeah, let's talk about the cast before we jump into it, shall I'm we? Ready. All right, George Lutz was played by the ever lovable James Brolin. 
What? I don't know. Marcus Welby, MD, Pensacola, Wings of Gold, and currently in Life in, life in Pieces. I mean, James Rowland, he's fam- famous, right? Like, the thing I, I know him know. most for before this movie was marrying Barbara Streisand. So sure, he's famous. I don't know. And he's an actor I've Josh heard of. Brolin. I mean, yeah. I've heard of Josh, too. Yeah, I know. Um, okay, so Kathy Lutz was the ever-lovable Margot Kidder. Yeah, Margot Kidder, who I love, and she has such, such a tragic life for her. We saw her in uh, Black Christmas, Black Christmas. Two and she was mostly famous for mm-hmm. Superman. And right. have you ever read about her? her uh, no, obviously I haven't because I'm sitting here like, okay. Um, yeah, she, um, she had bipolar disorder. And um, in 1996, she actually, Kindred spirit. Yeah, she actually went bankrupt in her later life because um, she thought in like 1996 she had paranoid delusions that her first husband was trying to kill her. So oh she, I mean, it was just tragic. And she actually committed suicide a couple years ago. Um, she was friends with Carrie Fisher and then she lost another friend and then she committed suicide. So, I mean, just a tragic backstory. Oh my God. You really gosh. need to look into her because um, just it's a fascinating reading about her yeah because i really love her but as you know i'm not one of those people who like really wants to know about the star's lives so the fact that she killed herself i had no idea yeah i didn't either and i was like oh what else have we seen you know what have we seen her in and then i started doing more reading and more like that's how i got on this whole reading thing for this episode and i'm like wow just horrible like i feel so bad for the woman so I feel so bad for her too, especially because, like, yeah, I mean, bipolar disorder is no joke, and those those paranoid delusions. Everybody thinks that that's like the 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 um you know solo territory of schizophrenia. It's not. Uh-uh. Like, it's really really tragic. It can happen to um people with depression, like if you have psychotic depression or or, or bipolar disorder too. It's really sad. Oh yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, even I mean, that was like. So she passed away two years ago, I want to say. And this was back, like, oh, this man. is 20 years prior to that. 20 years prior to her passing away is when she um, thought her ex-husband was trying to kill her. And she, um, I'm trying to think of where it is. Oh, God. Yeah, when she was writing her autobiography. So mm. uh, her computer got a virus and it gave her mm-hmm. uh, paranoia, uh, gave her even oh. more paranoia. And she sank into um, uh, her bipolar disorder. She panicked and she was fantasizing about, um, she faked her death. She left her home, faked her death and altered her appearance. Yeah. Yeah. I just. What? Yeah. So. Lots going on. Very interesting. Very fascinating. I just thought. Wow. So. Yeah. So a little information on that. The more you know. Wow. Yeah. So that's Margaret. Yeah. Kidder. Oh, no, I'm really sad. I'm sorry. I mean, to make you sad. I, I love her. Inform, inform. No, no, this is, this is great, great uh, information. Just, I just feel sad that I didn't know. Yeah. But um, love her. So that's really sad. Yeah, that's um, but we'll move on to Father Delaney. He was Rod Steger. I, I feel like he did like unsolved mysteries or something too but he's known for dr chicago on the waterfront in the heat of the night did he do something else like unsolved mysteries or some shit i don't know 
Uh, Am I crazy? I I don't know who you could be thinking of. I don't remember him doing Unsolved Mysteries. I remember, um, what's his name? Um, I think of another Rod Dennis Sterling. Dennis Dennis Farina and uh, Rod Sterling was the Sterling. ex. Um, Rod Sterling was um, Twilight Zone. That's what I was. He thinking wrote of. the Twilight Zone, him, and he was the host of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, I was thinking of him. Okay, ignore me. Okay, okay, no problem. <laughs> it was um, a Rod. I knew it was a Rod somewhere. So come on. <laughs> Father Bolin was Don Stroud. Uh, he was in License to Kill and Django Unchained. And Father Ryan was Murray Hamilton. Possibly the most important actor in this whole movie because he was in Jaws. He was the sharply dressed mayor in Jaws. No way! Yes. Which I thought he looked familiar. Which took yes. place in Amity. Well, it, it took place in Amity. This is Amityville. I know. I'm just saying. They're very close. He was also in The Graduate and The Way We Were. But yeah, that's the sharply oh, dressed okay. mayor. So most important character. Um, Father Nuncio was John Larch. Um, can we go back to Murray Hil- Hamilton for a second? Yeah. Because I think he's going to be a two-time Chad a winner, right? He got the a two-time Chad? Chad? Yeah, he got the Chad for being the douchebag mayor. And I think right. he's going to get the Chad for not believing the priest in this one. No, he definitely gets the Chad award. Definitely. For not, be- for not believing his own co-fathers i don't know <laughs> his contemporaries his he was a jerk his peers and contemporaries uh. co-fathers keep going <laughs> co-fathers uh father nuncio is john Larch. i uh, know for dirty harry and the wrecking crew oh amy was natasha ryan known for the entity and going berserk greg was casey martell he was actually an et he played greg in et and he was in bloody birthday Oh, no way. He had the same name in mm-hmm. E.T. That's funny. Matt was was Mino Peluse. Uh, yeah, he is uh, from the Bad News Bears and Best of the West. The Bad News Bears, the TV show, not the movie with... Uh, Jeff was Michael Sachs. Uh, from Slaughterhouse-Five and the Sugarland Express. These are the kids, right? Yeah, those were... Uh, well, no. Jeff was the friend. Oh, Jeff was the friend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Karen Ryan's his wife. Car- Carolyn is his, yeah, his, Jeff's wife, Helen Shaver. She was actually in Poltergeist, The Legacy, which was the TV show, and she was in The Craft. Oh, I like it. Pulling back a craft reference. We haven't referenced that movie in a while. Love that movie. Okay. um, (laughs) Amy, oh, sorry. um, Jackie, am I on Jackie already? Jackie. Jackie was played by Amy Wright. From the Deer Hunter and Hartman. Hmm. The Deer Hunter. I want to see that movie. Mm. This is actually my first time watching this movie. Was it yours? It was. It was my first time too. Really? This one, um, yeah. This is one that I considered to to be like an essential, like if you're a horror fan, you have to see this movie, but I had never seen it. So this was I was excited to find that this was streaming so that I could finally add this to my repertoire of horror movies classic horror movies that i've seen now we're professionals right now (laughs) we can officially be professionals because we've seen the amityville horror and i will say i'm really excited that this did not go the possession route that i thought it was going to okay good it kind of did a little bit but yeah a little bit but it didn't go 
as far as I thought it was going to go. Like as soon as it, like the idea came up, I was like, uh oh, but then it really didn't go anywhere. Well, do you want a little summary? Yeah, let's have a um, famous Carnage's five second summary for everyone. Okay. Um, per- people buy Murder House and then things go awry and they are surprised by their awryness and things go even further awry. <laughs> they are surprised by the awryness. We're not sure why. <laughs> We're not really. Nobody and, told them that they're in a horror movie, I guess. You know what's great about this, too, is that we, I was watching this with Mama Carnage, and we were uh-huh. watching it, and she's like, well, it's the 70s. They didn't have to disclose things like that when um, uh, when George and Kathy are in the house, you know, inspecting it. And they're like, well, what about these people murdered? I'm like, they knew about the people being murdered. It's not that they, yeah, they knew about it. it. So, yeah. Yeah. We thought maybe they didn't disclose they it. But they knew, and they still bought the house. No. Don't yeah, they knew why it was so cheap. House. That's why they had the priest come to bless it because they knew they were buying a murder house. Well, number one, don't buy a murder house at least until it's been like five or ten years, and then you can buy the murder house. <laughs> See, I don't think it's really a big deal. I think people, I think it makes for a good horror movie setting, but in reality, I don't think it's really that big deal. Okay, I got a house for you to buy then. <laughs> Do you? Yes, it's a farmhouse actually up in Kirtland. Just saying. <laughs> Didn't it get built over? No, it's still there. You can still buy it. Isn't it underneath the, the uh, current church? Uh, no. Yeah, I don't know. It's there. You can buy it. I'll sell it to you cheap. Okay, when were you last there? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's no Damn longer it. there. Okay, fine. They built over their murder barn and hid it like a dirty little secret. Yes, we're talking about you, Morbins. <laughs> We have like we ever did a Morbins. cult podcast, Morbins. <laughs> uh, Mama Chaos just confirming for me that I am right. They did build a huge church over the barn. Well, if we dig far enough in the church's basement, maybe we'll find the barn. Maybe we. Maybe will. we'll find more bodies. Maybe we will. We're of course talking about the Jeffrey Lundgren house, so barn. Before we talk about getting to the real summary, can I say something? Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about um, uh, well, the director was Stuart Rosenberg and the score by was uh, Lalo Schifrin. And don't worry, I have my sources so I can uh, put it in the show notes. Um, awesome. Originally, Rosenberg was just going to do this this black um, screen to get it started, to open it up. He was just going to do this. Uh, the title screen was like just going to be black with the um, the title over it. And actually... Layla Schifrin, when he saw the unscored uh, movie to kind of get into it, he's like, no, it, it's more alive. And that's how he had the background music of being like kind of like a, a nursery rhyme and children's voices in it and kind of being a little spooky. And it gave um, Rosenberg the idea to have the house lit up like eyes in the opening with the orange Ooh. background so, to make it seem like it was alive. So it was thanks to uh, Layla Schifrin. Um, that we got that beautiful title scene. Way to go, Lalo. That was pretty awesome. Plus he had a really good score. That's why I started looking him up because I was like, this is, it's on par with the scene. Like one of the um, the songs actually was on par with like the scene from Psycho. And I was like, this oh, is yeah. really great. Great music. They, so. they did have a great score. Using I will give strings, them that. Using your, um, your string section very, very well. Thank you. So, <laughs> all right. That's all I wanted to say about that. So. Usually if the music is like, if the score is so good, like I won't even think about it. Like that's to me how I know the score is good. Like if I wasn't constantly going this fucking music, what the fuck is going on? I'm 
Well, that's true no, too, but I like I you know um, I just like think about music all the time. So no, you you're a, you're totally a musician. I mean that makes sense. Yes. You should. I'm not surprised at all. Like that you would. That I was even going to be like you are always thinking about the scores. That's always secondary to me. But I know for you, it's primary that's always it's in the movie. you're thinking about. Yeah, <laughs> which is cool. Which is a good thing. It's not. It's not like it's a bad thing. It's like why I go to like high school and college football games. It's not for the football. It's for the bands. Yeah, you really do that? no, not anymore. But that's what I used to do. When I was, I was gonna say, like, you go to the, the oh. football game for the bands. Well, that was always my favorite. Okay, so my grandparents um, were humongous Michigan State fans. Mm-hmm. Boo! And- Oh, just Michigan, not Michigan State. Oh, okay. I apologize. Right. I apologize. They're huge Michigan fans, not Michigan State. Okay, not, not Michigan State. Sorry. Um, huge Michigan fans. Um, my grandfather, especially my grandmother, she just okay, whatever. She did it because he liked it, I think. But <laughs> like, he is a huge college football fan, and that was his favorite team. And so one time, I did get to go to a game, and I had never been to a college football game before. And the the tailgating is so awesome, like. Like it was totally, it was on, they tailgated for this game on the um, golf course, not like in a parking lot, but on the golf course. (laughs) And it was just like this gigantic party and it was so much fun. And I would go wandering around and checking stuff out. And, uh, you know, I mean, it was filled with a bunch of dumb college dudes, but it was still, it was still, you know, like tailgating is fun. Like I'll give it that. I'll I'll that's the one thing I'll give to football. I've never been tailgating. Really? I've tailgated a couple of times. For us tailgating was the bus ride to the game. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> and there there's my dad who's a huge Browns fan and and he loves to like get to the Muni lot at like six a or six AM oh, and Christ. party. Like when the game's not till like six PM, you know? Oh my god. Hardcore <laughs> tailgate. People. Yeah, tailgate for like twelve hours. <laughs> And then go to the game and then you walk from the muni lot all the way to the stadium which is you know a couple miles Jesus, <laughs> yeah i like the ones that and just would, tailgate and that don't even go to the game they and don't, don't even go to the game no he would go to that too but i think i think actually even if he wasn't going to the game he would still show up in tailgate sometimes but uh but like he would even do it in the winter and I was just like, yeah, no, that's not for me. So cold. But then again, I'm not, I'm not a football fan. But a little cold. Yeah, a little cold. A little cold. Anyway. <laughs> oh, should we get to the movie for real? Yeah, let's talk about this movie because I have a lot to started. say. Get us started. All right, I'll get you started. So we open up. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but we woke in, we we open up with the murders happening. You were correct with the guns. Um, Ron DeFeo Jr. They do a uh, reenactment of his little murder spree. Is that the the murders? Okay, so this in this movie isn't entirely accurate, but the murders did actually happen. So they are basically recreating the scene of Ron DeFeo Jr. murdering his entire family with a shotgun um, in their house. Correct. Yes, uh, his parents while they're sleeping. And, uh, two brothers, two sisters. And he's still so in prison. sad, yeah. Uh, yes, he is. He's still in prison. Um, he originally said that he he pleaded. He originally pleaded insanity and said that demons uh, told him, like voices in the house, told him to kill. Yes. And they really ran with that in this plot. 
But in actuality, he just said that to try to get an insanity defense. He wasn't actually insane. Okay, he's tried so many other things. Like his friend, his sister Dawn actually killed his father. And then his mother killed all the kids. And so he killed his mother. And then the other one was his sister Dawn killed everyone. And he only killed the sister Dawn. Like, he has tried so many different defenses over the years. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. That is fucking ridiculous when you find out what really happened is he sedated everyone right because my first thought was like how is he shooting them with a shotgun and nobody's waking up yeah they're not moving they're like already dead like you're shooting dead people yeah basically because they're all drugged and they can't they can't really do anything so you're just shooting fish in a barrel i mean that sounds like fun let's go shoot some fish in a barrel (laughs) i was trying to say it's not very sporting but if you want to we can check that out (laughs) What, sedating your victims before you shoot them or shooting a fish in a barrel? Sedating your victims. It's not sporting. Give them a chance at least. I mean, that's how I feel. <laughs> I, and I, I might just be from hanging around you. Oh, that's possible. I mean, I'm not a very sporting person, so. No, no. Well, and, and the defamer murders, yeah, they are true. And we should say, yeah. too, that this movie is based on the Jay Anderson novel yes. of the same name, which he did write a screenplay and they rejected it, so. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But it's been proven that this has been a concocted story. Yes. Um, which is weird. Do we? What? I was going to say, do we want to talk about that first? Should like, we? Yeah. I was like, going to say. Just get it out of the way. Yeah. The DeFeo's defense attorney was in on the, the concoction with the Lutzes, which is super yes. fucking creepy. Mm-hmm. Like way to profit off your client more than once. I know. Well, and and they and the Lutzes went to him. Like he was already fielding offers uh, for the story. I think this must have been before they specifically, you know, made that law where you you can't profit off of a, a murder. A murder. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was already fielding offers for the story, and so the the Lutzes contacted him. And according to him, over a session, an, an evening of uh, drinking heavily, a lot of wine was consumed. Mm-hmm. They came up with this story. Um, and then they didn't end up actually dealing with the lawyer after that. They went to Jay Anson. Right. And then when this movie was made, it just became a whole round of lawsuits on Weber's side, which is the defense yes. attorney. Which... Right. Which brings up questions, because the Lutzes really only did stay in this house for, like, a month. So it's mm-hmm. like, why? Did they realize that they couldn't afford it? I mean, what caused them to leave? That's what I think. And from what I've read, that's what it kind of sounds like. There's, like, an implication there that they really couldn't afford it. They realized they were in too deep. But their money had already been sunk into the house. So you, they couldn't just leave unless they concoct a story as to why they had to leave. And then maybe they can get out of their, you know, mortgage or whatever. Financially, just even though it it was a good deal, it was still too much for them. And they basically needed an excuse to get out of the mortgage. Which is Um, sad. And so they, that was their motivation behind concocting the story that and to make money i mean the first thing they did was try to go to somebody who was talking about book deals like they obviously were trying to profit off this story like immediately from the beginning right which it makes sense i mean it's smart uh you know fiscally (laughs) it's fiscally a smart idea i wouldn't think about that but it's it's 
a good idea. You know, make money, you know, get concoct a story. I mean, who else is in a murder home? You know, come on. Right. But the great thing was this is it has come out that this is what happens and that they absolutely like made up the shit. And the greatest part about that is before it came out that they had made this all up. The Warrens came in and were like, oh, there's demons in the house. All oh, this place is so haunted, you guys. Like, <laughs> fucking hate the Warrens. Yeah. Of course, you know that I already do. Obviously, everybody knows I hate the Warrens because they're a bunch of folk- fucking phonies. And just because they didn't charge the families, I think making money off of the investigations by book deals and movie deals is um, still making money off of these people. Oh, definitely. You're using their- Shame. Fucking shame on you, you're, dead people. You're profiting warrants. off their terror. And terrifying yeah. by profiting. It's kind of like that uh, detectives that we were watching where they scared the shit out of that woman to profit right. off. I mean, it's kind of what it was, so... That's basically what they did. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, now my, you know, I mean, like, now they're dead. So Is she died finally. Yes, she died. Okay. finally, They're both dead now. So we're not supposed to speak ill of the dead, but we so will anyway. I'm, I'm going a little easy on them tonight, but they're absolute charlatans and frauds. And all they did was hurt people. Yes. Basically. Agreed. So anyway, let's get into... The movie summary. Well, we did. We started talking about the murders. It starts off with the murders. Right. Uh, It starts off with the murders. um, And then it goes into George and Kathy Lutz, uh, who come to see the property. Um, And they, it's, there's like a, when they walk through the house, like every time they go into one of the um, family bedrooms, there's like a, quick little cut scene of you know the murder and then it goes to them opening the door and going in and which is looking around at all the all the rooms which is kind of cool as shit i mean that is pretty cool i like that that you know it's kind of flashback to everyone dying i love that i mean it was just a way to <laughs> i just a quick way to do it where you can see you know the whole yeah, no, it, it, place it lines things up very neatly for everybody for the, the uh, people viewing the story, it makes it very easy to understand what's going on, yes. They know about the history of the house, but they decide to buy it anyway because it's such a good deal. And they've got three kids now that are hers from a previous marriage. And um, so they need the space. It's right on the water. There's even like a boathouse and there's even a guest house. Um in a huge old farmhouse. I mean, it's cool. For only like, 80000 I mean, to be honest, I'd fucking buy that house. It's, I have to look because, like, everything I've read says that it's still standing vacant. And I'm like, uh-huh. move me in. No, people bought it after that. Did they? Yeah. I mean, oh, right yeah. now, though. Oh, right. I'm not saying they never bought it after the Lutzes. I'm just saying, like, I read something that said that right now it's vacant. But I don't know that for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. I thought, um. Oh, there's, but yeah, I don't, I haven't heard that, but I heard that there were plenty of families. I mean, I mean, I can't imagine it would stay vacant for very long. It's a beautiful property right on the water, right? Okay. It's right on the canal. So, so this is as of June 15th, 2020, the house is up for sale. How much is it? Less than a million. Oh, let's buy it. A gorgeous five bedroom Dutch colonial home on the waterfront, $85,000. $850,000, excuse me. 
$850,000. It's in New York, too, uh, right? In New in uh, Rhode Island. Oh, it's in Rhode oh Island. no, I'm sorry. It is uh, New York. Okay, I was just saying, I thought it was a long the, the movie is Rhode Island. The movie is like Rhode Island or something. Let's go. But... Let's buy it. I mean, if we pool all of our resources together. Yeah. We, we have house. a boathouse. A, a we have a house. guest house. We could rent that out for like $1,000 a month in New York. I mean, come on. Right there. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Easy. In New York, we could we could make a killing. We're going to give up the podcasting house. and be... Uh, and, and be landlords. Be <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. My microphone just Whoa. fell. Sorry, my microphone just fell. No problem. All right. So, so heated sunroom, four bathrooms, two-car garage, formal dining room. Nice. Uh, they buy this house. It's beautiful. They move all their shitlins in. I mean, three kids in. Shitlins? Is that their kids? Yeah, is that kids. your new word for children yeah, is shitlins? shitlins? They move their shitlins in. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so they're excited, but they do get a priest, Father Domaini, to come to yeah. us home. Because Kathy is, like, somewhat Catholic, I guess. Lapsed like, Catholic. Lapsed yeah. Catholic, but she still believes, so she has Father Delaney come to bless the house. Um, he does, for some reason, he doesn't, like, find them and be like, hey, I'm here, before he starts the blessing. Well, he, he just goes into their house. And, like, starts to try to bless the house, uh, which does not go well for him. Um, he did try to find like, him, but he heard the kids upstairs. He thought he heard the kids in the house, in one of the rooms. Oh, he did. And then he saw them outside. He's like, that. well, okay, I'll just get started in this room that I'm in, you know? I just, I just am like, why didn't he go find the parents and be like, hey, I'm here? Like, I still don't get why he just went into the house and started the blessing like that doesn't make any sense that's how it works no it's not yes it is you don't just march into someone's house and start doing whatever yeah you invite them over and they just come on in on their own you give them a key (laughs) and they just come in whenever they want them and then technically half the house is the priest don't you know this about catholicism i know give them your key to the house and they just come in whenever they want oh is that how it works Uh With holy oh, water okay. and crosses, and they just said, "Hey, there's a demon here." Penelope, it is. There is no reason for you to be trying to get food out of me right now. <laughs> anyway, sorry. No, you're fine. She, she, I've, she, I've got this very nice package of uh, uh, shiny confetti that is amazing, and I love it. Okay. And I want to live in it, and she's trying to <laughs> chew it up. So bad girl, get off. Okay, so he's trying to do the blessing. Flies start in, in they say out of season, like there's a season where flies don't exist. Um, f- flies start multiplying until they are completely fully filling the room. Um, he starts to feel violently ill. And uh, he hears, they, he hears they, a... Ew a voice yelling for him to get out and the flies they go like super close on him like super close yeah the cinematographer was afraid of insects he lost like 30 pounds because he just lost (laughs) his appetite doing this he was so squeamish about it oh my gosh that's hysterical poor guy i do feel bad because they got like they kept a gate close up of the, the fly's eyes like we need that come on yeah Oh, it's well. It all it is is to creep out the audience because Which, ooh, it it's works. an insect. Ooh. Well, it worked for me. So, <laughs> see, that doesn't work on me. But then again, I almost became an entomologist. So, well, there knows. you go. 
there you go. He rushes they, out of the boy out of the house. Sorry, what I was going to say they put honey on his hand to get him to get the flies attracted to, to him. Get the flies. <laughs> oh. Sorry, just little tidbits. Yeah, see, get out. That, yeah, that the sound. So he rushes out of the house when the voice yells at him and later he actually develops uh blisters on his palm the, like the stigmata but actually yeah it was he was trying to call kathy and it did that happened i don't know so yeah every he, time he um, tried to call her all i got was static and pain right right uh, he, but he decides that he needs to help this family because something's not right. But um, he actually gets into a car accident later. And then he's got no support from his superiors in the diocese. So um, he he just goes to bed basically feeling sick. And, uh, and uh, he apparently is supposed to be having like a crisis of faith over this. But do we really care about has, him though? He has a breakdown. I mean, I don't know. I don't. Really I mean, Murray Hamilton's in it, and he's mean. He's like, that's not how faith works. And then he gets a Chad Award. But who gives <laughs> a shit about Father Delaney? Honestly, I mean, I don't know. He was a very small part. I don't know why. Yeah, there's like, um, so <laughs> let's see. Greg is like weird greg's george starts going weird like right away like first he's obsessed with chopping firewood yes and he like he won't stop chopping firewood and like kathy even like like is coming home with groceries and spills some of the groceries and asks for help and he's like so obsessed with the the firewood that she has to like practically bash him over the head with the groceries to get his attention i like when he but turns with that axe always it's always with that axe I know that axe is freaking scary. And, you know, I thought for sure this axe was going to be like um, Chekhov's gun where it has to come back. Well, yeah, because he keeps using it. Like, you see him use it there. And then later right. when Jeff comes over, he's he's sharpening it. It won't stop sharpening mm-hmm. it. And you would think yeah. it was something. But they never use the axe for anything. No. Okay. I was like, did I just forget? No. But I really don't think he ever did use the axe and, again. And it never took, it, it was never a part of like the Ron DeFeo Jr. killings either. Like it had no place. No. Yeah. Like this fixation with this fucking axe. He did. He was practically dating it. I don't, I mean. <laughs> yes. Oh shit. My microphone dropped again. Sorry. Yes. He loved that axe. He was in love with the axe. He was. It was weird. Um. So then Kathy's aunt who happens to be a nun is coming over to the house and she, Kathy bought special tea for her and George is all like, Oh, I don't like her. And the kids don't really <laughs> like her either. Cause she pinches their she cheeks pinches all the time. Cheeks. Come on, get over it. I wouldn't like that either, but next time I see her, I'm going to pinch your cheeks. You do. Your I'll... cheeks are already red too. Can you imagine how red they'd get otherwise? I'll pinch them hard. You, you know what I'll do to you if you try anything. Don't hit me. I know. Yes. I will. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so Kathy's aunt comes over. She, what's her name? Nun. Nun. Her name is Nun. Nun. Yeah. Uh, aunt Helena. That's her name. <laughs> no, it's Nun. Helena. It's Nun Helena. <laughs> or it's just Nun. No, they made that movie, The Nun. Yeah, I know. We, we can't do it. that. <laughs> no, we didn't watch The Nun. Didn't? Oh, yeah. I want to watch no. The Nun. 
It's you oh list. you want to oh great that that makes me feel really good why? i feel really happy because that's like why do you think <laughs> it's about a scary nun it's in the conjuring universe is i it? don't want to see it oh, I yes see it, it is scary as shit, though. i guarantee you it will not be scary at all i know but then we can make fun and of I it have though then it. so well that would be fine okay. so uh <laughs> okay you get sick Sorry, I keep derailing you. She gets she gets really sick. She becomes violently ill. She just immediately, like, she's in the house for two seconds. She's like, "Fuck this!" and she runs out, just like throws herself back in her car and peels out. And but then eventually, she actually has to like stop as she's driving and retch out the side of the car. I love how Kathy's like, "I have been there. I understand." Yeah, with me. George, make her stay. Like, why? Why she's sick? Why are you gonna make her stay? Yeah, like, what are you talking about? Let her leave if she's sick. That's weird. That's not a hostess. You're feeling violently ill, but sit on the couch and have some tea. What? <laughs> You're weird. So, <laughs> and this is supposed to be a plot point where George is like more sullen and angry over the perceived cold in the house. Like they get cold spots. They get rooms that are very cold for no reason. And so he's like, he's he becomes cold. Uh, and he's always cold. He's obsessed with keeping the fireplace stoked. And It's like course, 72 fucking degrees in the house and he's having the fireplace go. Yeah, like, he, and, it, and it's funny because that's supposed to be like a plot point or like a, a sign that that things like aren't going right. Well, and they think they attribute it to flu because Amy's kind of being sick too. Mm-hmm. And George has been sick. And they're like, oh, they've got the flu and now Helena's sick. And oh God, Father Delaney's sick. No one connects it to the house. They all have the flu apparently. So yeah. yeah, okay, all right, fine, fine. It's a, it's just you just, and it's a, it's hilarious. Like that, they're like they're counting Father Delaney's sickness as the flu from going to their house. Like he didn't even speak to any of them. How did he get the flu? So crazy. It's just in the house. The flu's the house. Yeah. So um, then there's this this. Uh, engagement party it's a wedding it's not a, i know why they i don't know why they have it listed as engagement party it was a wedding okay it was a wedding yeah. i'm not crazy. no you're not okay so they have this wedding for kathy's brother um and he has to pay the caterer in cash it's like the caterer is anal about paying being paid in cash because checks bounce i get it dude so they've got a hundred fifteen hundred dollars in cash um for the caterer but it just inexplicably goes missing from this guy's jacket pocket and they completely go through the house trying to find it but they can't find anything and they're late so george is just like all right the dude check everything will be fine don't worry about it you've got enough to worry about right now because you're getting married so amy uh they all go to the wedding uh except for amy who they think has the flu Mm -hmm. and uh her lucky babysitter. Oh, Jackie. Jackie. <laughs> this poor girl. Oh, my God. She cracked me up, though, with the, uh, the head metal gear. mouth. The headgear. Yeah, the headgear. Car metal mouth. That's me. <laughs> That's I'm me. not bullying her. She had headgear. She, back in the day when braces involved headgear, <laughs> she had headgear. <laughs> And the braces were partially uh, outside on your face. Yeah. Well, and Amy doesn't want to go. Like she's trying to put Amy to bed, and Amy doesn't want to go because she's playing with her friend Jody, who right. Jody's already made a couple instances. It's a new imaginary friend for Amy. 
Um, <laughs> and Jackie's like, no, 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 we're going to get you some clothes and you're going to go to bed. That's the end of it. Yeah, Jody locks Jackie into the closet, doesn't let her out. And this girl's like pounding yeah. so hard on this door that her knuckles start bleeding. Yes, like, that she's actually like got bloody knuckles. I'm surprised she didn't pass out from terror, honestly. Honestly, yeah. Like, especially knowing that that door doesn't lock. Yeah, and that's when George and Kathy come home and rescue. They're like, look, it doesn't lock. It doesn't lock. Right. And, and then Kathy, or um, not Kathy, Amy just sits there. She's like, well, Jody told me not to help her. So I just sat here and watched her, you know, wail and pound on the door. And it didn't bother me at all because I'm a psycho little kid. Well, like, and that's another thing of, of George, his uh, increasing demeanor towards it. You got to take care of these kids. And then he runs downstairs and starts tearing apart the living room for that money. I mean, it's, it's very um, just furthering of his demeanor too towards the, the yeah. evilness. Evilness? Good word. Yes. He, he uh, definitely does not, his evilness what am I trying to say? He doesn't like the kids anymore, so obviously he's turning evil. <laughs> well, he must be evil. Though. Jesus, I don't like kids. No, he sorry. must be evil if he doesn't like children. Uh, but yeah, it seems like something's uh, possessing George, and Jody is obviously a throwback, although it's it's in the book. They don't say it in the movie at all, But and it's it's not even the real name because they changed the name of the DeFeo kids in the book to protect uh-huh. them. But Jody in the book was the youngest sister of Ronald DeFeo. So Jody's um, supposed to be the youngest girl that died in the house. That's the see, friend. I figured that was who Jody was. Yeah. yeah. Was one of the Although, kids. Then who they're got saying killed. Jody's that pig that stares her in the eye. I don't know what that's all about. I Jody was supposed to be the, the little girl. Um Okay. Yeah, because I'm like, she's I mean, she's not kind, but she's not exactly like you know demon cunning either like no but she, she does, does protect, like um uh, amy because when the boys are trying to bother amy while she's playing with her dolls i feel like that's who drops the window on the one's knuckles oh yeah for sure absolutely 100 like, percent. don't be mean to my friend that's rude I mean, exactly so yeah um actually that's a good point because uh that crushed hand causes um them to have to rush the kid to the hospital and uh was that the same night like after they got home from the wedding no it was like a day or two later okay i thought okay i'm just making sure um yeah so like they managed to get his hand out of the window um and kathy is this the same night or another night where she catches the line, the glimpse of the red eyes? That was, uh, because that was, that was the, the sash window falls on the boy and that's during the day. No, that's, so I'm not sure if the night she, that night she has one of the dreams. So she's been dreaming about the murderers. And then she also okay. dreams about like George killing the kids. Yes. Um, and then George keeps getting up at three 15 in the morning. So I mean, it kind of keeps, like that's just one of the nights they go to bed and he says god lucky no finger you know no bones were broken somehow and she mm-hmm. has one of her main nightmares that night so i think it's okay. the next night that she sees the eyes so yeah because uh she says something like about jody to amy and amy's like she went out the window but i can't remember yeah, what they were talking where's about jody now jody was sitting there well, where's jody at now she went out the window she, she went out the window 
So Kathy goes to look out the window and she sees these two red, what they call swine-like eyes. (laughs) I don't know what makes your eyes look swine-like. Um, outside the daughter's second story bedroom window. And like, this was like the only jump scare we got in the movie. Yeah. One of them yeah. was those yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's the only one. Well, and the funny thing is, is that scene, Margot Kidder did not act scared enough because what uh, Rosenberg, the director, did is he put up this day glow orange velour pig to the window. And it was just comical. It was not scary at all. Oh, yeah, no, that would be hard. She's like trying not to laugh as instead of being. (laughs) So I just thought that was funny reading that. So, yeah. That is funny, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, and they don't mention this in the movie, but 3.15 is apparently when the murders took place, and that's why they keep waking up at 3.15. Yes, correct. That is correct. Which the cop that has such a minor role that I didn't even mention him in cast because he starts following George and he's worried something's going on in the house. And right, I think it's the same night that that happens though with the swine like eyes that the doors blow off the basement door and the front door, they kind of blow out. Yeah, that was a weird one. Um, Let's see. Do, 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 it's not do. in there. It's not in the. It's, it's like not great. in there. It's bothering me. No, but me. it did I'm happen, like, though. Where did it go? It did happen. I just can't. I'm like, is that the same time when um they discover there's like a secret room in the basement, or the dog does? But it's a, a, actually a day later. So the dog's been down there, like keeps scratching at the floor. Yeah, and it's the it's like a couple days later because the um. George is, he has his land surveying business and his business partner met up with him at a bar, which supposedly the same, the witch's brew, which is supposedly the same one in the book that Ron DeFeo went to, even though it was Harry's bar. It doesn't matter. Um, yeah. And he catches up with him and he hits him and he finally snaps to himself like, why did I just hit my business partner? So he's talking with them and the wife who was at the house once with the business mm-hmm. partner when George was sharpening his axe, she refused to go any further. She right. had the bad vibe. She's very in touch with things like that. Yes. And she, um, she's telling them, you know, he's talking about this and she's saying, she's talking about, you know, look here, this it's, you know, it was built on this. Sh- oh God, I hate this. Built on an Indian grave burial. <sighs> and also a uh, Satan worshiper lived there. So there's probably some bad vibes. We're just chopping this up to make it, you know, and ridiculous so they go back mm-hmm. to take him away for a little bit they're like oh we maybe need you know a break well she's compelled carolyn's compelled to go into the house at this point even though last time mm-hmm. she was repelled now she's compelled right. to go in the house she goes all the way to the basement without telling anyone and she's like chopping at this wall mm-hmm. that the dog's okay. been digging at and george's like what are you doing in my house he's like I, she's like it's behind this it's behind this so he feels it too. They chop down the wall and it's this red room. When yeah. you see a face that looks just like George's, mm-hmm. which actually was uh, James Brolin's brother with a fake beard on it because they look a lot alike. <laughs> okay. That's a cool bit of trivia. And this compels Kathy to go to the library and do all this research. Yeah, I have to say, um, this whole thing about a being built on top oh, a Indian burial ground or a Native American burial ground is hooey. Um, that actually the the local tribes are like, um, no, that wasn't a burial ground. Nope. Hello, like no, it just wasn't. So that 
you know, you can strike that off your list, which like, it's always, it's all it is, is blaming the victim anyway, when you're like, oh, it's a cursed land with the Native Americans had a burial ground there and we built on it. And it's like, all you're doing is blaming the victims who had their land stolen from them. And they even went further to say that's where they put their mentally unwell. That's the room where they put their mentally unwell uh, uh, tribes people. It's like, what? Yeah, that that was bullshit. So, I mean, and it's a it's a trope we see in like um, poltergeist and stuff too. It's like it's it's yep. that trope that we see that I hate. I mean, it's so yeah racist. I mean, now it's totally unacceptable, mm-hmm. and it was just so acceptable back then to use that. It was so scary, <sighs> just like the saint worshiper. I don't give a shit if a saint yeah. worshiper. I mean, that's his religion. Just right. let him have his religion. He has I nothing mean, to do with opening up portals to hell. Like ninety nine point nine percent of people who would like uh, voluntarily identify as a Satanist are not people who are dressing in robes and trying to conjure the devil. They're not, they're not so cutting up babies yeah. and eating their entrails. Right. I mean, come they're on, they're not making blood sacrifices. No, doesn't work like that. So they find this room. Um, they're they're getting ready to be done at this point. I mean, we're getting to the end here where there's. Um, they're just trying to. They're like, one more night. We'll we'll get out of here. Okay. Well. <laughs> yeah. That night. That night. Oh my gosh. Um. Okay. So the uh the axe does come back into play here. Mm-hmm. Um, because George attempts to kill the children. Yeah, it's like something out of the shiny where he's chopping at the bathroom door, trying to get to the children. Yeah. Right in there, and Kathy comes home at the right time. To stop him. Right. And then she she's she's able to snap him out of it and he's like, Oh shit, like we've got to get out of here. And it's like, Yes, George, yes, we do. And that's when like the blood <laughs> and black ooze starts seeping through the There's, walls. The walls start bleeding. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, that this is the night where Jody is the large red eyed pig see, seen through the window. Yes. Um so <laughs> they all pile into the car and they they peel out of there and they start driving. But then, like, the kids are like, what about Harry the dog? And George, at first, he's like, fuck it. And then he stops and he's like, just down the street. And he's like, no, I can't leave the dog. Right. So he actually runs back to the dog. And this was the first time that I actually felt, like, some tension. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, my God, he's going back for the dog. Like, I get why he's going back for the dog. I get it. But still, I'm just like, you're going to get killed. What are you doing? Uh, (laughs) But actually, uh, he does fall through the basement stairs into a Uh, pit of black sludge. And and he would have died uh, probably drowning in it if Harry had not been there to pull him out. So um, at least Harry, you know, is worth rescuing. Mm -hmm. So he grabs Harry and legs it. And I thought for sure that this black sludge was going to like somehow infect him and he was going to become possessed or something, but nope, he's fine. Um, He gets back to the car and he's totally not covered in any black goop at all. He looks like he's had a shower and a shave and uh, they just, they drive away. Uh, They drive away. And um, then at the end, it says George and Kathleen Lutz and their family never reclaimed their house or their personal belongings. Today, they live in another state. Actually, they're and dead today, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're yeah. They're both dead now. Just saying. 
Yeah. I mean, well, right. This was 1979. Yeah, I don't think they were even divorced at that point. So they later mm-hmm. got divorced and died in 2004 and 2006. So, yeah. So, good flick. So, thoughts? I liked it. You liked it? I actually enjoyed it. Like, um, it kept me entertained. And it was good for the time of, you know, for, I, I, I don't like some aspects of it. Like we talked about, like the Native American burial ground and the same worship. Right. Come on. Really? Right. But at the time, I'm sure it was kind of newer. I think Poltergeist came after this. So, I mean, this might've been a newer thing. Yeah. Um, for a couple, couple years after this. Yeah. So, I mean, um, I, I liked it for the aspect of it was at the time, it was something newer. Um, you know, you didn't see a whole lot of haunted house movies in the seventies. Um, and it was interesting. I mean, it kind of progressed. It was long. I will say that, but as long as the movie was, it did keep me entertained. So it was long, wasn't it? It I was just like, Holy shit. This movie is long. 118 minutes. Uh, uh, longer than that. It was like 156 minutes. Um, oh, that's what it states on Wikipedia. Oh, an hour and 56. Ha, I can't talk. Yeah, that is. That's the same timing. Yeah, hour and 18 minutes, yeah. an hour and 56. Yeah, sorry. An hour and 57 minutes. I mean, that that is long, especially back for the 70s. Mm-hmm. Really, like, in back in the 70s and 80s, if your movie went over an hour and a half, it was like, why? <laughs> they really didn't do that. No, it didn't. But it had, but, you know, it had uh, good elements, though. It had good storytelling, good acting. Good set, mm-hmm. good score. I mean, it had all the elements there, I thought. It did. I, um, it was less scary than I thought it was going to be. I mean, it might just be the hype from this movie because it's such a classic mm-hmm. and everybody kind of freaks out about, you know, ghost stories and demons and all that stuff. So, um, I was expecting to be like really scared and I was just kind of like, oh God, I hope this doesn't become a possession movie okay well it's not really a possession movie so that's good and then i was like yeah like i would like more scares Mm -hmm. but like i just didn't think that that the climax of the movie i especially like i just didn't think that was very scary like the most tense thing was when he ran back to the house to get the dog because i was like what are you doing going back into the house you white man what is it with white people they go back into the house did you ever see the eddie murphy stand-up about this movie too no. <laughs> so Eddie Murphy did a stand-up about when this came out. He's like, this is why you'll never see Black Family in a movie. Look at this beautiful home, nice boat, nice, nice, lots of room. Get out. Too bad we can't stay. See ya. <laughs> I love it. It's so great. I mean, it's so great. Get out. Oh, too bad we can't stay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and that is why we need to watch Get Out, because... um. I hear that in that movie, that's kind of like a mantra for the good guy. Okay. Well, instead of like, instead of like a scary voice being like, get the fuck out. We have to watch it. Yeah. It's got, it's both on Which, both of our lists. So yeah, it is. And I own it, but I have, so I haven't picked it yet because it's not streaming, Which I can't. but I'm it. like, if like, if, if only this would all end so you can come podcast me with me in person again, we could do it because I have it on DVD. Ship it to me. Just ship me the movie. <laughs> use your mom as a courier just, just throw it in my mailbox i'll get it, I'll watch it. <laughs> we'll call it that's also why that's also why we haven't done habit by mm-hmm. uh with uh 
that's that because that movie is like impossible to find well, i only found it i like to make movies that are streaming though anyway because i like that our audience if they haven't seen it they can go watch it we tell them where to watch it totally so i i do really love that and i i am loving um that we can do that for people like that if they don't want to be spoiled they can just go watch it but man it really limits you as to like like there's a whole ton of movies that i want to do that aren't streaming it's like but they will be eventually though i feel like if you know and besides which i mean it doesn't really matter because like they'll eventually not be streaming anyway so somebody catches the episode at the wrong time they can't go watch it anyway but anyway (laughs) um let me see i'm looking at my trivia I hate, I have some while you're looking. If you want me to talk while you're, to vamp while you're doing this. Yeah, go ahead. Um, They actually met the Lutzes, like George Lutz and the kids and everything. Um, Josh, uh, Josh, James Berlin and Margot Kidder did. Still didn't believe the story. And this is before it came out that it was all fake. Um, You know, they did this publicity stunt at the house. They, they admitted they thought it was all fake, you know. Um, and this was actually Margot Kidder's least favorite film of hers. She had, she told her friends. So, really, yeah, which I'm sad because I like this, but I'm you know. I I like the movie too, but I mean, if you think about it, I could see why Margot Kidder wouldn't totally love her character. I mean, Kathy is kind of a wet rag. Yeah. 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 So she doesn't have much personality. It fucking. I don't think that was a. Again. I know. Just complained yeah. about this, didn't I? Yeah. <sighs> Fucking basements, man. Okay. Yeah, talk a little about the Warrens. I have that um, too. I have this great article every time ed and lorraine warren were exposed as total frauds definitely got to um link that one in the show notes oh god definitely it's ranker but they do go into a lot of detail oh good okay yeah um let's see the real basement was a finished basement Oh, yeah. And I had a swimming pool. But they filled in the swimming pool. Why would you fill in a swimming pool with visitors? I know. What is I mean, wrong so with you? you've got a lake right there. Who cares? Extra water. Assholes. <laughs> Assholes? No, as the it's evil mermaid dicks. says, you don't fill in a watering hole. You leave all watering holes. God. Oh, I see. The evil mermaid needs them to yes, keep their pool. they do. Uh, Let's see. I already talked about all this stuff. Um, oh, this is how the Warrens fit in with all this. So shortly after the Lutzes abandoned their new home in the middle of the night, the Warrens showed up for a quote-unquote psychic slumber party with a camera crew from a local news guy. And that was when Lorraine sensed a great malevolence in the house and insisted it was infested with quote-unquote demonic entities. Nice. Um, this, this, oh. and, and this TV appearance is actually credited with catapulting the Warrens as experts in the field of paranormal research, despite the fact that they, quote, presented no concrete evidence of their findings that the Amityville house was haunted, <laughs> unquote, um, and, quote, had no real evidence in any prior cases they had worked on, unquote. So 
but it basically the uh, success of the movie was what really launched them, which is great. So I guess I shouldn't like this movie at all. Uh, (laughs) No. um, I mean, like, I think it's important to know that this is a totally fake and the lessons were just out for money and there's nothing true to this tale at all. But at the same time, that being said, it is an entertaining movie. Um, I will say that everyone thinks that this is this rumor about Lalo Schifrin, that this was his rejected for, score for The Exorcist. It's not. He actually released The Exorcist score. It's completely separate. The rejected one. So it's completely different than this score. So oh, okay. Good to know. Up, people saying it's his rejected score. It's not. Yeah, people. No. Like, learn something. Read a book. I just found, I'm going to link this article, even though I'm not talking much about it, but this is about um, how Lorraine Warren made bank on the satanic panic. Great. Oh yeah. Which, you know, is another thing that is a big pet peeve of mine, the satanic panic. Oh, like, yeah. Mine too. Like, like fuck anybody who encouraged that shit. Cause that was bullshit. Do you know that the, um, the owners of the house that did have this, because people would keep bothering them, they did change the windows out and made them just regular, regular rectangle windows, which is sad because it's such a beautiful part of the house. It is. It really gave that house a lot of character, yeah. but I get it. I mean, nobody wants to be harassed. Like, like I know um, the the woman who owns the Conjuring house gets harassed so bad. Which is just wrong. Oh, agreed. like why? Well, like, like, what the fuck does leave her alone? Like, what the fuck does she have to do with anything? Like, well, it's the, like, but she I was just, great that people, you know, come on, you know, had to, yeah, yeah, I know, idiots. and they fixed it, and then it was like it got wrecked again, and they needed to re, they needed to refix it like another time. Like, I heard from the author of that book. Oh yeah, um, yeah, who wrote about her? Mm-hmm. He said that they we're having more trouble. And I was just like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. Well, should we rate? Yeah, let's rate. Um, Oh shit. We're going long. I know thing, we gotta so. go. We ain't going. Um, okay. So I'm going to rate this movie since it was my pick. I'll rate first. I will give it, um, I will give it a seven and a half. I think it was entertaining. And as long as you are <clears throat> enjoying the movie, but you still understand the problems. I think it still can be an enjoyable movie and you don't have to hate it, you know, just because the Warrens were assholes. I don't even take the Warrens into account. I mean, they're not mentioned. The only thing that they have is a raggedy Ann to, yeah, I'm just not even. I mean, well, yeah, but I mean, this was huge for their career. Fuck them. Um, them. Taking (laughs) it out of context of the book and it's a concocted story. I'm just taking it as a, you know, as a story. You know, as a movie story, like, that it didn't really happen. I know that the Bayometers did, but, yeah, you know, um, as a movie itself, I'm rating this an 8.371 because I actually really enjoyed it, and I will watch it again. Cool. So yeah, I'll probably watch this again. one of my favorite horror movies because it was actually really good and entertaining, so. Yeah, I wouldn't say this was, like, one of my favorites, but it's something I would watch again for sure, like, <clears throat> like so many other classic horror mm-hmm. movies that are just classics. They hit all the marks, just, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I have no fan fiction, but that's okay. Wow, really? Yeah. I'm kind of surprised too, but fan fiction's been letting me down lately. I'll be honest. So, oh, that's a shame. You know, like I would have thought like Is... Ed, Ed and Eddie move in or something. Ed, oh my gosh. Let's write that, that one. Little ponies, you know, My Little Ponies start haunting them. Yes. I don't know. It's a My Little Pony burial ground that they <laughs> built the house on. 
<laughs> and uh, just because I haven't seen it before, um, along with the uh, the other guys that move in, we get a couple of uh, Animal Crossing villagers too, so we nice. can have an Animal Crossing tie-in. Nice. Yeah. So like, you know. That was loud. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I hit it on low, too. I was right by the mic. <laughs> That's all right. It didn't come out too bad. It was just a little, uh, what do it's I want to say? Like, I love it. Yeah, it is good. The, the, score. the score is very good. Mm-hmm. I think it really pulls you into the film mm-hmm. and um, sets the scene and sets the atmosphere. It's, it's good. It's well done, for sure. All right. Should we um, can pick it out? Let's pick it out. Okay. Um, so, speaking of Animal Crossing, if any of you are looking for Amiibos, there will be a link in the show notes to my Amiibo store um, on Etsy. So, avail yourself of that if you wish, if we have any Animal Crossing uh, friends. Um, otherwise, we are part of the Morbidly Beautiful uh, podcast network. Morbidlybeautiful.com is your place for all things horror. They have news, interviews, reviews. Uh, fiction, artwork, basically if it's horror related, it has a home there. And there's so much amazing content for so many talented people that it just blows us away and it'll blow you away too. So definitely go check them out, morbidlybeautiful.com. We are hosted by Anchor.fm. We are on all the social medias at Podcasts at Night, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook group, which you should totally join because like we love talking to everybody. And uh, we need more people to talk to. Um, And also, if you're interested, uh, we, in order to get a free vinyl sticker, this is your chance to get a free vinyl sticker to show that you are a friend of the pod. If you go to Apple Review, Apple Reviews, if you go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five star review. Uh, screenshot it, send it to us at podcast at night at gmail.com, and we will send you a free vinyl sticker just for your trouble of giving us a review. I mean, it's so awesome. Like, hello. Um, if that's too much work, you know, spreading word of mouth is always great too. We're just trying to get out there, get more listens, um, which is good for you, right? So, because if we have more people listening, then I don't know, the podcast is, gets better, just better. Yeah. Um, And if you're interested, we also have a merch store, which will be linked in the show notes as well. It's our Threadless store. We have t-shirts, bags, mugs, anything you can think of, and stickers even. If you just want to buy one, go ahead. Uh, (laughs) uh, Check out our designs, and that'll be linked in the show notes as well. Um, So that's everything from me, and I will say goodbye from chaos, and stay bloodthirsty, friends. Good night from Carnage, and as always, we are filmed in front of a live studio audience of childlike kitties. Wow.